Don't ask me to talk. Connection through conversation. Join self-described conversationalist Stacy Heller as she talks with guests about topics and ideas from the ridiculous to the sublime on Don't Ask Me to Talk. Now, here's your host, Stacy Heller. Welcome to Don't Ask Me to Talk. I am Stacy Heller. I am joined today by Grace Heller. Hello, hello. Another one of the kids. So, so far I've had Will, I have had Annie, you are next, and then Charlie before he goes off to school. Exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like this segment needs to be, how the hell are you? Oh, I like that. Right? Yeah, I'm clever. Such a handy last name. Such a handy last name. Exactly. You, you married well. It's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> ah, that's funny. Okay. Um, Yeah, I got distracted. So Grace is a rising senior at Fairfield University in Connecticut, and she is also a soon-to-be intern at PwC. Correct. Very exciting. So remember, the internet is forever, so don't say anything. I know. (laughs) I'm very excited. Good job. Uh, If you cannot listen live every week like my mother and her friends do, which I think they are like my three listeners— um, well, besides Eric, but Eric is basically tied to the board, so <laughs> so my four <laughs> listeners. <laughs> that doesn't mean I don't enjoy it. Well, I appreciate that. Again, he's going to be a saint. Um, <laughs> you can listen whenever you want. You can text DAMTT uh, to 55678 or look for the show on your favorite podcast platform or, heck, for that matter, go to the KKNW site, and you can find the list of shows and the list of podcasts on their site. So, and that is 1150kknw.com. Well done. I have to throw that out there because people sometimes transpose those digits for some reason. So, well, because that that That's would happen. a lot of numbers. It's a lot of numbers. That's like three numbers. Well, four numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Says the accounting major. Again, I'm so excited. <laughs> okay, so I was having a debate before we started, like, do we pretend that yesterday was Memorial Day or do we not? Clearly, I have decided that we're not. I was going to say, I don't think it's much of a debate anymore, now is it? Nope, I have outed myself. So... We are pre-recording because we are going to be leaving on yesterday, it's very weird, um, on Sunday, essentially, to spend the week in Veranda Beach. And Eric is getting some time off, like on Memorial Day. And even though the the show airs on Tuesday, it seemed like, hey, if I can record in advance, Why why not? And I had a spot open. I truly, that, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you've been bumped a few times. (laughs) I've been bumped a few times. It only makes sense. This feels fitting. Yeah, I can slide you in. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Just like I slid you out. So no. (laughs) Yep, that just happened. So we're just going to pretend like yesterday was Memorial Day. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much to all that have served. We appreciate all the sacrifices that you and your family make on our behalf. There we go. Yeah, um, and I and I genuinely mean that. Of by course. the way, and which brings me to my first point: Do you remember the Memorial Day parade in Fairfield, growing up? I I don't know if I remember that specific. I remember a parade, and I remember it very vividly, sitting on the side of the road, and there was like a bus, and there were Girl Scouts throwing candy at us, 
And I remember being so jealous. I wanted to be in that bus so bad. I was like, oh, it'd be so cool to throw candy at people. I don't know. That's <laughs> You weren't, like, excited that they were, th- like, I would have been, like, about the candy. No, see, I have a bit of a main character complex, so <laughs> I want everyone to look at me. <laughs> right. Right. You see right. what I Right, right. right. I, want, I want all of my adoring fans to cheer when I give them candy. Right. Yes. It occurs to me that our family is much like the plant that Annie gave me, Joan, the spider plant. Yeah. So, like, she gave me an offspring off of, I think it was Ophelia. I think so. Who I think had a mother, or was that a Yeah, this is a mother long, complex. This is a long yeah. lineage. So then she gave me Joan to take care of, which I was a little freaked out because, A, it's a plant, and B, it's named after my mother. <laughs> Two very scary conflicts. Right. You know. And totally going to end up killing that. And it's like some (laughs) kind of subconscious choice or something. And but meanwhile, Joan has actually flourished. And now Joan has had children. And so it's like the whole main character complex. Yeah. It's like that came from me, which came from my mother. Yep. Yep. (laughs) So I don't know how far back it went. It may have just started with. (laughs) I was going to say, I'm not sure. Yeah. So, um. The Memorial Day Parade in Fairfield was so much fun. And it's something that when we moved here, I was shocked that there was not a memorial. I mean, there's the Salmon Days Parade. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's, that's I've a never whole other. I've wrapped my head around. I mean, I, I mean, like, salmon is great. But I've never wrapped my head around the, like, yes for salmon, no for Memorial Day. Like, I could see both. But I just I don't see salmon being <laughs> that's gonna get me killed. But I just don't see salmon, salmon? being more important than <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't I just feel like I might be targeted by like the city of Issaquah, but I don't think so. I I because I guess all of the salmon come back to essentially the ladders in Issaquah, it's a big deal. Right. It's an opportunity for a festival slash parade slash moneymaker slash income for your town. Of course. It totally makes sense. I agree with you though. That an opportunity to to fet people that have like right yeah so I have said in the past I could swear that in a past life I like served in the military or I was somehow associated with somebody because I used to make you guys like stand up when the veterans would walk by and I'd be like you clap your hands right now. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I still do. I remember there was one time that we were in we were in McDonald's and it was in like North Bend and there was a man in uniform uh-huh. and you were like, go offer to pay for his meal. And I was like, mom, that's so embarrassing. And you were like, do it right now. Oh, I totally did like, like the clenched like, jaw thing. It was the clenched jaw like that. You will go and pay for this man's meal. And I was like, okay. So I went up there and I offered to pay for his meal and he was like, it's fine. I can pay for my McDonald's. And I was like, Please. And he was like, no. But then he came over and he gave me these what, challenge coins. Yeah, the coins. And he was like, I just designed this one. This is the first one I have. Like, it's the first one I've able to give out. And I was like, oh, and I still have them. So see what happens. See what happens. The sacrifices. Oh, exactly. So you're welcome for that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, no problem. So normally around this time, I start talking about mom. However, in real time, mom hasn't left for Minnesota yet. (laughs) In in like fake time, she's been there for a week and I'm sure she's been having an awesome time hanging out with Wyatt. Oh, he's so cute. Right? Babies when they're not your own. Exactly. When you're just like through a screen. (laughs) 
you're cute. Like a screen door or like a filter? No, like a like a, just a phone. <laughs> oh, I see. You know, like no audio, just a picture. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So really excited for you to be a mom. I love the fact that both you and Annie compete for like, oh, I'm no, going to be had, such a good aunt. We've had this conversation where we were just like, I think I said one day, I was like, oh, I can't wait to be like the fun aunt. And she was like, what? And I was like, well, you're going to have kids. Like, you're a teacher. And she was like, yeah, that's exactly why I'm not having kids. And I was like, <laughs> hold on. There cannot be two fun aunts on the dad's side. Like, that doesn't. So we'll see. I Yeah. Never say never. Uh, yeah, exactly. So who knows? Who knows? Whatever your life path is. It's fine. Besides, Will will have kids. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. And I'm going to live with him and torment him. Will's going to have a full house <laughs> of God knows what aged people. I don't know. It's going to be a lot. I, I almost feel sorry for him in advance. Almost. Almost. Um, so I suspect that she's having a great time. Of course. I mean, how do you not? Her first great-grandchild? I know. And Wyatt? Like, what a good name. I know. It's a good name. Good, solid, strong name. name. I will say that that's one fun thing about being pregnant is coming up with names. And yeah, Dad and I for our Tuesday night date nights, which were happening right from the beginning. Of course, we would go to the movies and we would stay till the end credits because we would be looking through the end credits to get name ideas. I love that. Which is funny because then we went with pretty much the most traditional names that you could ever possibly come up with. Like, and wow. William Grace Charles. Very New England. Very New England. Very not the credits in a movie. You know, not, and the funny thing is, ever since you told me that when I was younger, I would like, I would look at credits, cause especially with Marvel movies, you have to stay to the end. Hello. You know, after credit scene. And I'd look and it was like, like there were a lot of names, but they film in such different places that it would be like all these Russian names. And I was like, mm, maybe I can't pronounce that one. <laughs> like I would get to a certain part of the credits and I was like, yeah, okay. My looking is over now. Right. So I don't blame you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I do, however, want to say hey to Lee and Diane. They're one week into their liver, liver cleanse. Good for them. Well, mom isn't around, so they're not drinking oh, as much. That's a really good point. <laughs> I don't think it's like a planned it's not liver. Intentional. It's not like what dad was doing. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, no. This is this There's is not like lemon water involved. No. Nope. Just... Or celery water yeah, or juice yeah. or whatever. Yep, nope. This is just fully like mom's been in Minnesota for a week. And they're like, wow. They're like, I have so much more energy. <laughs> <laughs> I wake up and I feel great. It's crazy. I don't have to get another bottle of scotch. Right. My my bank account's full. <laughs> I don't have to go to Wendy's. Honestly, they sound like college kids. Yeah. You know, now that you say that, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that my mother is having like a second go at college I, life. I think she might be. That's that's the plight of a college kid. Wow. Sorority girls. Although, as a college kid, can you get the senior Wendy's burger and no, the four, soft drink? No. It's not $4. It's literally like $1.89 for a Wendy's Junior hamburger, and then you get the senior, like, drink for free. Man. Right? That's a good deal. You may slip and, like, break your wrist (laughs) at church, and, you know, your knees may give out, and you may lose teeth or other body parts. there are perks. But there are perks. (laughs) 
Uh-huh. Just keep an aging light out here, folks. Exactly. You're welcome. There is always a silver lining. Always. Well, in mom's case, it's always a gold lining. Yeah, well, yeah, that's <laughs> silver. Please. Absolutely not. Like that's even a fine, precious metal. Oh, I'm actually wearing her wedding band. <laughs> Shout out Mimi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so I found this little box. I've been trying to consolidate all of my jewelry from all over the house to see what I could melt down. <laughs> You've seen one of those cash for gold infomercials. <laughs> exactly. I was like, Mom, where's this necklace? She goes, oh, I melted it. I'm like, what do you mean you melted it? Okay, whatever. So anyway, I found this little box and it had all these little things in it. Things like a sorority pin from Mom's high school days. She was a sub-deb. Shout out to all the sub-debs. Um, they probably don't do that. They're probably like super... <laughs> Like ladylike or something. Um, <laughs> They'd be like, "Please curtsy, ma'am." Right. What's a, what's a subdub? I have a subdeb. Subdeb. Yeah, it's so. Back in the fifties, Eric, <laughs> when my mother was at school, there was sororities and fraternities actually in high school, not just college. So once upon a time, my mother met my father after she had first gone on a date with his brother. I digress. That's tea, right? <laughs> And that didn't really go so well, but he was like, well, if you like me, I have an older brother. And she was like, say no more. And so they went out on a date and they started dating. I think mom was 16, dad was 17. And so just like in the movies, he pinned her and he gave her his fraternity pin. And according to legend, a.k.a. my mother, she would break up with him all the time so that she could go to dances with other boys who liked to dance more. (laughs) (laughs) Because my dad didn't really like to dance. Honestly, a queen. I don't right? blame her. I mean, she wanted to have her cake and eat it too. Yeah. Right. So then fast forward. So in this little box, there's the sub-deb pin, sorority pin. There's his fraternity pin. And then there was a her Girl Scout pin. Wait, is the fraternity called Debs and or so sub? his was he was a <laughs> I'm still confused. I know. I, so I'm, I'm, I, don't I don't know. Her Greek. sister was Deb and she was the substitute. <laughs> yeah, Deb. Right. No, like, I'm un- trying to under, put this story under together. Study, yeah. So <laughs> I so I don't know the whole Greek alphabet thing. So I think like sub Deb is like I don't know. We're gonna have to look this okay. up. Yeah, yeah. All right. Because all I know is she used to talk about how I was a sub Deb. I was a sub Deb. Like I had to listen to like when I was in high school, I belonged to a sorority. I'm like, well, we don't have those in mind. And she was like, <laughs> I was voted class flirt. And I'm like, I go to an all girls school, <laughs> which is fine if I'm, say, interested in women. I sure. just happen to be interested in men. So being class flirt, I don't know, doesn't seem like a great thing at my school. Maybe so not. the stories are everything that you hear about like in the 50s like I wore these long skirts and like my girlfriends used to come over and we would talk about boys and then we'd ordered pizza and my dad would answer the door like who ordered pizza and then he would bring it in and like just be like you silly girls and meanwhile I'm like I don't think I was ever allowed to order pizza <laughs> it's ever just, I, in my head I'm just seeing like the SNL skit <laughs> with Ryan Gosling as the <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh so she lived this alternate universe 50s existence where, again, it's probably, it's Greek to me, but the name of the sorority, like, she, it was called being a sub-dep. Sub-dep. Hmm. All right. And then he was a... Was he a sigep? Yeah, Psy Epsilon? Yeah. Yeah. See, I don't know. Like, yeah, sure, that. 
I'm like, I don't, I've never abbreviated it to M. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So that's what he was. And then he pinned her in college. And then, then he got clever. He bought a signet ring with his monogram, like this really nice gold signet ring. And he made sure it fit him. He gave it to her. So she wore it with the whole Band-Aid thing. I mean, this is just like the stuff of like the Truman Show. Oh, yeah. Life hack. Right? Then... Once they became officially engaged and she had the engagement ring, he took the signet ring back. She melted it down for gold and <laughs> no. started a, a it's trip an Emmerich woman that lives on today. <laughs> no, but that's smart. No, he took it back. And when they got married, that was blessed as his wedding ring. Nice. Right? Smart. Smart man. Very practical. So what am I wearing? <laughs> so you are wearing, I believe, her blessed wedding band it's the very, very thin, very, very tiny. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking it's not silver. It's probably platinum. Okay. Yeah. Because I don't have the Band-Aid issue. It's like only fits on my pinky. <laughs> so I don't need the whole <laughs> sizing up thing. Right. Or sizing down, rather. Yeah. So that Engraved was- Engraved on the bottom is substitute Deborah. <laughs> yes. We finally cracked this case. That would make so like, much sense. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> These are the things that inquiring minds want to know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So this box of treasures, it had the Girl Scout pin. It had a little tiny rock that looks like a palette that my grandfather actually put little dollops of paint. And it was for my dollhouse so that it because naturally what dollhouse doesn't, doesn't need have a palette. Obviously. <laughs> Please. We also had cloth napkins in my dollhouse when I was a kid. I didn't have a dollhouse. when I You was a did. Kid. You never wanted to play with it. Well, that's because it didn't have cloth napkins. <laughs> that is not true. It had the cloth napkins that my mother made for me. Oh she God. took little, like, fabric, like calico fabric, and she put it through cocktail straws. Did she so really that put they, a napkin ring? She put a napkin <laughs> ring. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Of course there was a napkin ring. And then she made little placemats where she would pull the strings so that it had fringe for the placemats. Wow. Mimi was crafty once. She was crafty. So crafty. Couldn't cook rice, but was crafty. Could not. And almost anyway, killed love me. You, Mimi. <laughs> she almost killed me with the quilt that she made me once. <laughs> I don't think she knew how to quilt properly, so she just made these puffs of like Oh, just stuffed the, yeah, the square. Like she just made a square right. and then she stuffed it so they were like literally these huge it looked like a grenade made out of fabric. <laughs> And then it went on the bed, and I would go to bed, and she's like, you slept like a log. I'm like, I was dead. <laughs> like, I couldn't move. <laughs> the OG-weighted blanket. Oh, so the OG-weighted blanket. It was lovely. Of course. I I miss it terribly. Um, okay. Of course, we're off track. We've got two ADHDers here. <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> But this is yeah. Eric is like, so this is what the dinner table is like. like. Oh, so this is how it's gonna go. Uh-huh. All right, and a hundred percent, this is what the dinner table is like. Yeah. Um. All right, I'm gonna share a Stasiism. Okay. You've heard it before. I can only hope. Hard work affords you more opportunity. True. We've said that. Well, hard work and behaving. Yes. I used to talk more about the whole behaving thing. Yeah. And I would give the examples of having four kids under seven years old. Nobody wants to spend time with your kids. (laughs) Nobody wants to babysit. Nobody's like, oh, hey, you crazy kids, like, go out for your anniversary. We'll watch the kids. Right. Right.
Unless, of course, you have our kids. Angels. Terrified of their mother. (laughs) So afraid. (laughs) Living in so much fear. Just genetically riddled with anxiety. (laughs) We were just amazing. So (laughs) So well behaved. (laughs) Because of that, we used to explain that if you... If you behaved well, that you would have more opportunity because people are naturally drawn to like the kid that's not being a pain in the butt. And, you know, we had friends that didn't have kids and they'd be like, hey, you crazy kids, go out. We'll take your kids for the like the night. And you guys would have I mean, you're always up for fun and, you know, and all of that. But you understood that if you worked hard and if you behaved, you were going to have more opportunities than other people. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was pretty abundantly clear early on. I mean, even noticing, like, it became clear that adults kind of ruled the world from our little eyes. So if we could get adults on our side. Right. Then you did things like. And not in a manipulative way. No. In like a, I know. You got invited to a ice hockey game. Right. I could go to ice hockey late at night. And he got to go see James Taylor at Tanglewood. Right. And, you know. People would like babysit you and you would get a reprieve from your apparently mean, terrible mother. And <laughs> you would find like, say, a one bedroom apartment on the Upper East Side. Exactly. So my Stasiism is for yourself and for your kids or your grandkids. Just remind them that just being well behaved. I mean, not like super uptight, but like right. generally well behaved. And working hard will afford you more opportunity. And here's the deal. You could take the easiest path, but isn't it nice to know that you have other paths if you want them? Yes. That's a huge one. Yes. So with that, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to go God knows where. Who knows? Right. Exactly. We'll be right back. Don't ask me to talk with Grace Heller and Stace Heller. Hi, I'm J.D.K. Winnikin, host of This Show Is All About You. If you're like me, you seek many things in your life. Adventure, meaning, belonging, you have dreams and you want fun, and of course, you want love. And we also want other people to join us along the path. But what happens when you don't know how to have all that or where to start? Well, join me every week to learn more about how, because I am just like you. So join me each week here on KKNW for This Show Is All About You, a show about how you and me become we and what that means for all of us. Be sure to visit my website, wordsbyjdk.com. Feelings of disconnect are the cause of an ever-surging mental health crisis. Many of us feel apathetic about ourselves, our work, home, and relationships. We don't know how to re-engage. I'm Greg Kuiper of Kuiper Counseling. At the Root focuses on emotional connection and how awareness is at the root of building healthy relationships with self and others. Join me weekly to re-engage with both. At the Root airs Mondays at 3.30 p.m. here on KKNW. Subscribe to the podcast or go to Kuiper Counseling. Hi, this is Lisa Downs, host of Reigniting You, the show that takes a positive, forward-looking approach to mid-to-late career transitions for Gen Xers and Boomers every Wednesday afternoon at 3 o'clock Pacific. Whether you're looking to stay in the traditional workforce, do your own thing, or retire or semi-retire, Reigniting You is your source for career transition advice, inspiration, and insight for what's next in your career and life. Join me Wednesdays at 3 o'clock to get re-energized, recharged, and reignited conversation you won't find on the rest of the dial alternative talk 1150 
Welcome back to Don't Ask Me to Talk. I am Stacey Heller, your host, and I am joined today by the third of my four children, Grace Heller. Hello. So, Grace, Stacey. how the hell are you? Oh, I'm excellent. <laughs> so, you have always been been the one in the family that everyone assumes is the favorite. Yes. Which is not true because there are no favorites. And I have so much evidence against it. See? So there you go. So whatever. Yeah. Um, Really, whoever is in front of me at any given time not annoying gonna, me yeah, is say, my favorite. It's pretty, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a not pretty a, low bar. Right. It's not that there are no favorites. It's a, like there are momentary favorites. Yeah. And just kind of look at the draw. Yeah, pretty much. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so tell me about your childhood. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know a little bit about it. <laughs> uh, so Grace has just always been that kid. It used to drive not Charlie as crazy as much, but certainly Will and Annie. It used to drive them crazy. Like yeah. you'd go to the magic show and she's the one that the magician pulls up on stage and is like I need an assistant and she's like I mean don't ask me to to assist right (laughs) and you know or when you saw the Krat brothers and it was like oh you win like this prize and they're like seriously like we arrived late how did she win (laughs) (laughs) yeah no and that's always been kind of baffling for me too truly but I do think that there was a certain like I was always kind of like I wouldn't say I have FOMO, but I have the kind of mindset that's like, if you don't put the good energy out there, if you don't like, I don't know, just try everything. And I think I definitely got that from you and dad. But I feel like, I don't know, I just put it out there. Well, and it's interesting. And, you know, there's probably a whole science. Well, there is a whole science to the birth order thing. I know that with Annie, you know, looking back, I'm like, oh, she had anxiety. Right. Okay. Um. But I think of the example of going to the library and how we go to the library and, you know, in part I was lazy, but mostly I was trying to get you guys to advocate for yourself. So if you wanted a book, you know, I'd say go up and ask the librarian. And typically Will and Annie were more shy and reserved and they just they didn't want to go up by themselves. Like they'd go up with me and they had no problem speaking with adults and, you know, whatever. But initiating that kind of and, you know, I would say to you, like, you know. Go up and ask the librarian. And before you knew it, you were like, hey, by the way, I'm in charge of story time now. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, anyway, say hi to your daughter. <laughs> right. Like you're the person that literally knows the lunch lady and that she's having knee surgery. And, you know. I know. Yeah. Poor thing. She's better now. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> like that's like a true story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there's just a thing there. And. We all tease you that, like, last night you were sharing that you went to the eye doctor because you've been having headaches and you've been having these moments of, like, blurriness or whatever. Yeah. And turns out your eyes are fine. Yeah. However, she shared with you, I have stars in my eyes. And the response was like, (laughs) of course you do. (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. They're not actual stars. It's this episode stars that they're just like <laughs> floating fragments that look they're shaped like stars but she was just like oh you have stars in your eyes and I was like oh my god right I'm flattered <laughs> exactly 
this is what I'm saying. Yeah. You've just always been that person. Yeah. Yeah. And then we can like dish the dirt on Grace at the front door. We can do therapy here. Oh, gosh. Without <laughs> a professional? Eric, are you trained? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's starting to get I'm used listening. to it. I'm listening. Yeah. Perfect. Just some like probing questions is good. <laughs> uh huh. And how did that make you feel? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh huh. So I'll I'll give my side of the story. <laughs> so once upon a time, Grace was always very aware of clothing, outfits, fashion, you know, at the age of I don't know, three or something when you had preschool camp. I remember you came home with a painting and I remember Nancy, who is the head of the preschool, was like, look at this painting that she did. And she was impressed with, like, the painting where you had done separates for a princess with puffy sleeves and then, like, a long, like, T-length gown or something. Girl power. Right. So she was like, look at this painting. Like, you know, like, look at the control and the color, whatever. And I was like, that's a cute outfit. (laughs) And you always had very strong opinions on what you wanted to wear. And you were like... I'll wear that. I'll wear that. And with Annie, like my first girl, first child, I was like having a ball putting all these clothes on her. And she was like, no, I don't want to wear that. Yeah. Annie just didn't want to stand out in the same way at the time. Right. And I was putting her in clothes that you would stand out in. And so as a result, you had a lot of clothes. I did have a lot of clothes. And still do. Still do. And you would much more use that as a means of like communicating. Yeah. It was definitely for me like a form of expression. Like I was, I was very verbally communicative, but I, I think that even more so it was like, I don't know. It's just a way to, I think I always said like, Oh, I'm just, you know, like just a way to figure out your style, but I don't think I really have, like, I think it's more just like a way to put on your personality for the day. It was like putting on however I felt that day or however I wanted to feel that day. Well, and you know, we moved to Washington when you were seven, six, six, six. And, you know, and this was happening before we moved here. So you were six and under. And like in kindergarten, you made a pair of like flip flops out of construction paper and you made basically what is essentially a Chanel bag out of (laughs) construction paper. You took paper and you made this little pocket thing and then you made like the chain, the paper chain that you normally put around a tree. And you were like, here's the handle. I'm trendy. Right. And I'm pretty sure that the like the T.A. that was supposed to be helping the kid with special needs was like, <laughs> yeah, I think they were the one on one like Tara. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like the poor kid was probably in the back of the classroom like, no, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you were like, girl, let's make this like, bag. Yeah. yeah. And then we tried to make heels one time. Didn't go great, but didn't go poorly. So you crumpled up paper. I crumpled up paper for the heel and just stacked it up, which now looks like a Jeffrey Campbell shoe. I- Ahead of my time. Ahead, Ahead of, of my time. time. Right. So anyway, so the backstory then with Grace at the front door was that we moved here and you would put these outfits together. And, you know, you you learn things from like the other kids. And with Annie, I realized that I had not like empowered her enough. And I realized that she was shy about things and she was anxious about, you know, sticking out or not fitting in or whatever it is. And so you had this personality that was like, whatever, I don't care. Yeah. And so I would take these pictures and we would have like, it was literally grace at the front door. Yep. And you would stand there and there'd be like maybe a little tip or something like that. Like wear purple. It's fun. And then Instagram came out and the kids were like, you know, you have three other kids, right? Like, why are you constantly featuring Grace? Yeah. So 
that baby lending itself to why everyone thought that could be you were the favorite. Could have been. Could have been. Whatever. So started an Instagram page and that morphed into an identity, which I realize in hindsight is a blessing and a curse. Yeah. I mean, I think I think that it was a blessing in so many ways. I think that it definitely encouraged me to stay confident. And I think that that was great. I think the problem or problem, but a challenge opportunity opportunity. Oh, dad. A challenge that arose from it was that. At a certain point, when you reach like a certain age on social media, and I mean, yes, I was young, but it's almost, it's almost like the, especially with Instagram at the time, it was like you kind of, there was an expectation that you're going to, you're going to do something with it. There wasn't, you couldn't just like, it couldn't really be a hobby at a certain point, just because at that point I had gained a lot of connections and it be, my, it became bigger than I ever really intended. I mean, I think our intention was, or like with taking the pictures, it was like, let's just you know, encourage his confidence and maintain that, like, right, celebrate about the, life. And, and um, that was great. And it did that. And then I think it just way more than I ever anticipated got just bigger, got more traction, um, not big by any means, but just got traction oh, for but people. For and, the average, I mean, you were in 425 magazine as like a style influencer. Right. You're invited to things at the Bellevue Collection when they like were looking for like influencers. Right. You had an opportunity to meet um, Brad Goreski, who is a yeah amazing stylist, and have you met him, and then you had brunch with him in New York, and right. you got to go to Kate Spade and meet the then CEO. So I mean, yeah, I'm qualifying so that people understand. Like you know, those are not normal opportunities. Not at all. They not are, but it's not like you were like one of the TikTok kids that now lives in like a mansion. <laughs> right. No, definitely not. Um, but I think, and I loved that. I think that the hard thing is when you, you either have to, once you reach that point, you either have to maintain, not you can't maintain. It's either you make it bigger or it just kind of fizzles. And the tricky thing is like at a young age when suddenly it's like, well, now I have to think about college and now I have to think about these things. I think it just creates like a, a realization that like, like, have I peaked? <laughs> like, I'm like 15. Like, did I really, did I really just peak by working on Fifth Avenue? And, uh, and of course you haven't. But in your mind, you're like, oh my gosh, like, is it ever going to get better than this? Like, did I really, like, am I failing? Am I by not doing more? And so what meant was, is what was for such a long time, just like a very casual or like fun thing. It became kind of a, in my own mind, there was no really exterior pressure, but like, in my own mind, it became a thing of like, is this, like, if I, if I let this go, will I ever find success ever again? And that's a lot to think about at 15. Well, <laughs> I know, know I do. You know, Grace, I can really relate to that because in second grade, mm. that was mm-hmm. the year of my ballet recital, my first Holy Communion, which obviously is the number one thing. Huge. And um, also my modeling career for that one fashion show at the country club. Yeah. And I have spoken often of the fact that I feel that my life peaked in second grade. Right. So that's really a lot for a seven year old. <laughs> a lot for a seven year old to take in. You're like, is so it really is it really all downhill from here? To fifteen. It's <laughs> a good point. You're not wrong. <laughs> However, I you know, joking aside, I completely understand where you're kind of like at the time, those were like they were big pivotal moments in my life. Right. As like a young girl, like who gets to, you know, model even if it's at a country club. Right. Who like you know, the 
your first Holy Communion is like the penultimate, I would argue, of like the sacraments. I oh, mean, yeah. marriage, yes. And, you know, when you die, that's kind of a big deal. I mean, I guess they're all kind of a big they're deal. All, I mean, they're all like <laughs> relatively important. But you get to wear a dress. Oh, my gosh, with the white dress. And you can wear the gloves. Right. The little flower crown. And the rosaries that are like and wrapped just, around your ha- hands. And you're like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, big stuff. Yeah, it is. So... I I understand that. And I always worried that, you know, oh, my gosh, I'm putting too much pressure on. And, you know, apparently I was a publicist before or a, or a marketer before I even realized it. Yeah, that's true. No, I, I that's why I think it's like it's a it's a product of like those are really big things and really big opportunities for somebody that's so young. And so like but I knew that I still want like, I still wanted a college experience. Like I wasn't like I knew I wanted to. But so suddenly it was like is everything else going to feel like I've failed? Well, and I will eternally be grateful to Brad and Gary. Yes. When we went into New York that one summer, you had an opportunity to have sort of like, I don't know, meet and greets, informational interviews. I don't know what they were. Yeah. With a whole bunch of different people. And they, a lot of them talked about their very specific education, like going into like the fashion industry and, you know, whatever. Right. And both Brad and Gary were like, Go to college, learn how to do your laundry, like, yeah. Yeah. you know, learn how to be social with other people, you know, take classes, like do all these no, things. Yeah. And I was just like, I want to reach across the table and hug you right now. Yeah. Because no, that's, that was that was always, you know, for me, I'm like, like, you're go off and have fun and, and right. learn. Right. And I think that the other thing is I love fashion. But I think the other tricky thing about it was I never knew what I wanted to do with it. Well, and people had a preconceived notion that because you could be put a designer. it right and, yeah. you know, you would put these outfits together and it was like, right. you know, oh, are you going to be a designer? I'm like, no. Right. Are you going to be a stylist? No. no. Yeah. And so I think that like that was the other tricky thing with it where I had all these really cool isolated experiences in very different fields. Like I got to talk to stylists, but then I got to work on the sales team and then I did like social media for skincare. And so they were all amazing experiences and they taught me a lot about what I like, want to do or don't want to do. But it, it just they were so isolated from each other that it wasn't like I had a very stream. What There wasn't a natural progression. It was it was kind of like along the same plane, three experiences or multi, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Rather than like a a trajectory. And so it sort of felt like with college, not like I was starting over, but it was like, okay, where do I go from here? And what do I want to do? And I was very grateful for the opportunities because I learned that I want to do the business side of fashion. And so that's kind of how business school came into play. And now that's kind of on the, the path I'm on now. But I think that that was the other thing is there wasn't a natural next step after any of these events it was like you did this you did the thing but there was like it was like i just stay in touch like do i like what do i there's no step up from here right so right well and you're too young to know how to continue to nurture those relationships and right you know and figure that out and i don't want to be the momager i already was in a way a momager who was like reach out to this person reach out to this person right. and send an email and like dm this person and you know, it's like, okay, you need a mother, not a momager. Yeah. Yeah. And I <laughs> I just want you to know that I would not publish a tape. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, keep that in mind. I'm not interested in becoming. We could have millions. We could, but you know what? At what cost? At what cost? 
This is a whole big philosophical thing, which why don't we take a really quick break and then um, we can unpack that. Kardashian (laughs) dreams. Exactly. (laughs) You're listening to Don't Ask Me to Talk. I am Stacey Heller and I am joined by Grace. Keep listening after the break. Are you stuck in a creative straitjacket going crazy trying to find a different way out? Exhausted from trying to make old ideas feel fresh? And relevant, Popcorn and Noodle is a boutique agency that specializes in popcorning new ideas and noodling on existing ones for entrepreneurs and small businesses. Whether it's ideas about what to name a new venture, how to promote your services, or which direction to consider next, Popcorn and Noodle serves ideas that pop and stick. Don't go crazy. Go to popcornandnoodleideas.com. Creative solutions serve daily. Stacy Heller is many things. Entertaining, yet enlightening. She's a talk show host channeling her inner Fallon. Like Winston Wolf, she's a fixer who gets things done with style. Practical, like Dr. Ruth. Stacy isn't afraid of the uncomfortable when searching for answers. She's your biggest fan and sees your potential before you do. Most of all, Stacy Heller is a synapse who can connect impulses and ideas about your business and yourself into possibility. To connect with Stacy, go to StacyConnects.com. Stacy Connects, it's her superpower. An alternative to everything else on your radio dial. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Don't Ask Me to Talk. Before the break, we were discussing the ways that I have probably permanently damaged Grace. (laughs) I wouldn't say permanently damaged. Maybe like added a little spice. Floor spice. Yeah, it's just a little <laughs> floor spice. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, so you were talking about the fact that there was expectations at the front door that you would go into fashion and that you really, when when I would tell people, you know, people would say, oh, do you think she's going to go into fashion? I'd say, well, I think she's going to go into the business of fashion. Right. And people didn't really understand that. I meant like, no, no, no. The business no, yeah, no, part like, of fashion. Not like, she likes numbers. Right. Yeah. Like, girl can add. Right. Yeah. No big deal. I mean, <laughs> it is to somebody that can't. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I mean, my math teacher in fourth grade told me that I would make a lovely wife someday. <laughs> oh, no. That's bad. <laughs> yeah. For many reasons. So, well, exactly. Um, so I want to talk about two parts then of that next chapter. One, from a style standpoint. Yes. How that being at the front door and exploring all of that kind of out loud, how that affected your style then where you are currently. Yeah. So I think that the front door was great because it allowed me to explore my style and I was able to like, I wouldn't trade that for the world. Like I love being able to wear like just random things. And I, I don't, I truly, I don't know how I wasn't bullied more in all honesty. The things that I wore, I mean, and they weren't like, I mean, they were good outfits, but they were just very out there. And I was wearing heels and like, and I loved that. I think that what has been difficult now is I didn't realize how much I relied on external validation. And so it became this thing where it was like, I would put an outfit together and we would either, depending on the lighting in the morning, we'd post it before school. I'd come home and I'd see like likes and fun likes and everyone tell me, you look so cool. And so I had a lot of external validation coming in. And now I don't dress as out there, partly because I'm like, bro, it's a pandemic. 
or I'm just like, I'm going to tutoring at 630 at night. Like it's not, you know, like, and I, I've definitely come to kind of be comfortable with that. But that was a huge learning curve where I had to get comfortable with like not getting complimented, which is such a weird and like narcissistic concept. No, but, it's, it's relevant in yeah. like the, the whole like influencer and right. Instagram world. Like my right. original intention was to have you feel confident and to be kind of metaphorically at the front door, out of your comfort zone and like right. owning it. Yeah. And never, as you say, it sort of snowballed. And so the the likes and the comments and the connections in the network become addictive. And, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I think that that just it took a like it took a lot of detox to not. And that's why even sometimes when I come home from breaks, you'll be like, this is a cute outfit. Do you want to post? And I'll be like, you know what? Like, no, because I I can't. Like, it's like, I can't get hooked again. But truly, like, it's it's almost like it's that very, like, I want to make sure that whenever I put an outfit together and I say, you know what, I look good, that it comes from myself and not from a place of they're going to like this. Right. Like, I need to make sure that I, like, my style has definitely, that's been, like, I don't focus so much on, like, oh, are people going to like this? It's more like, do I, do I like this? Is this? And I always liked my outfits, but I also, a part of me always knew that I was like, oh, this is going to get compliments. This is going to get attention, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's, I think, part that that's one way. I don't think my style, in an ideal world with unlimited money, I don't think my style would be very different. Like, I think that I would be just as out there and whatever and perfect conditions. I think I would do similar stuff. But I just think that where it comes from and the thought behind it is different. That makes sense. Okay. So then, now, talk about where you are and, like, what you're doing and, and yeah. you know, like, what you want to be when you grow up. You know, figuring that out. Um, I would like to be wealthy. <laughs> no, I... Um, okay, so- don't deny it. Talk about your your vision of your apartment that you want someday. Okay, well, which property? <laughs> Apartment. I said apartment. Yeah. No, I, so I think that like, I would like, so, okay, career wise, what I would like to do is I would like to work in fashion, but I specifically want to work on sustainability in fashion and also diversity in the workplace. And in terms of like, there's been a lot of work in terms of having like people of color as cover models and magazines, but there's not a lot of recognition in terms of where trends come from. A lot of trends come from like other cultures, other cultures and other communities yep. and there's not a lot of recognition there and so it kind of goes into mainstream and then not only that but then a lot of it's produced and it's really trendy and then there's tons of waste and it becomes this whole and there's thrifting and all this stuff but then ultimately it's like how, how much can you reuse there has to be a way of reducing the supply chain so I am very excited like about that stuff that's like a big motivator but I in terms of like that's kind of like it. I mean, I'd like to be, frankly, a CEO because in the same way that you said hard work and mm-hmm. being well behaved pays off. Like I've realized that that's like you got to work hard to make a difference. And I truly would like to make a difference. So as much as like, yeah, it'd be great to be rich. I also am coming from a perspective of I know that that's a side effect of knowing where I need to be. Like I need to be in a position where I can affect change. Right. I mean, I think I think it's great and I it makes me sad when young people think that they have to be apologetic. You know, like you're saying jokingly, like I want to be wealthy. 
if you really take apart what that means, it means that I want to be compensated for working hard and making a difference and having right. add value. Right. So there should be a return on like investment for what I do. Yeah. And you're basically anticipating that the value that you're going to bring is going to be worth you having an apartment in New York City that has a table where everybody leaves stuff. Yeah. Do you remember that thing that you wrote? I, I think I do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, like, completely forgot about that. Yeah, but... I remember it. And, <laughs> like, you had to write some assignment, like, describing some place that you were going to live. Yeah. And you had, like, a foyer, a table and a foyer. And, like, all of these, like, people would come by and they'd, like, you know, leave, like, a script or, like, a yeah. lipstick or oh, glasses. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. No, I always wanted, like... Kind of like a, like a community table where it's like it's or like a lending library, except that I keep it all. But <laughs> people just bring things. But it's like, I don't know, like you just like it becomes like a museum of your guests. And it's like a huge table. And I mean, I had high, high hopes for a script. But you never know. Like just like, well, if you have a creative type. Right. I mean, who knows? But just generally. I, I of course, love that idea. And. It it was kind of like when Annie wrote her piece, I think she was in like second grade and she wrote about the two dogs that were like falling from the sky. Yes. And like it was this whole like romantic thing. And then at the last minute, like one of the dogs had a parachute and the other didn't. And I was like, it was a moment in like her creative education where I was like, oh, that's funny. She has a dark side. Yeah. And like, good for her. Like timing and you know and yeah like not that I want her to go to the dark side but like understanding and like that was something that struck me that I was like I love that idea of curating and as you say having a collection of things that elicit memory and fun and you know creativity and so no that's yeah I can't believe I remembered that of course I I mean kidding your brain's like a vault so well and I'm a mother that's true Come on. Um, now, this summer you're doing an internship. I am. I'm doing an internship at PricewaterhouseCoopers in New York City um, as a auditor. Fascinating. I know. I'm actually very excited. Well, I mean, of course. Yeah. You're like, it's uh, summer after junior year. You're going into senior year. You're yeah. going to be living at the beach. You're going to be doing this internship. The only bummer about the internship is that you will not be working like in the office building. Right. Yeah. Which it's funny. So one thing that I'm like, that's been, I was actually kind of weirdly validating is I remember when we were just talking about how I was saying that like, is this internship on fifth Avenue? Like, is this where I peaked? And I was looking at the office for PWC in New York city and it's on the exact same block as that internship. Look at that. And so I was like, that is full circle. My first internship in, High school is where my first internship in college is. And I was like, that was very validating because I was like, cool. I'm exactly where I need to be. So Grace did a little background, an internship for a gal that I knew in high school. I've mentioned her before, Joanna Vargas. And she's awesome. She is amazing. She was the cool girl back in high school. I mean, just like really cool. And she was very sweet when um, we met in New York. She was like, oh, your mom is so cool. I was like, and you're also kind. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, you know, nothing better than a cool girl who's also kind because, yeah. like, I was many things. I was not cool. <laughs> so 
she is amazing about offering young women and supporting young women through yeah. both Stuart, which is our alma mater, and just in general. And at like 15, she gave you an opportunity to work yeah. for a few weeks. And actually, you stayed on for a little while, yep. uh, even remotely, working with her and her husband, Caesar. And it's funny, she's going to be a guest on the show in, I think, September. Exciting. And, well, what's funny is that she was like, let me check the calendar. And she was like, oh, yeah, like the Emmys are going to be oh. coming up. So I'm going to be really busy around that time. And I was like, oh, yeah, totally. You're like, oh, no, for sure. So relatable. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever. But she's amazing. And yeah. um, you learned a ton. I learned so much. And yeah. And it was on it was the where it was was Fifth Avenue right across from the New York Public Library. And where the PwC headquarters is or where the offices that I would be working is like behind it. So it's on the Madison Avenue side and Joanna Vargas was on the Fifth Avenue side. But it's the exact same block. So, you know, you're going to have to schedule like, oh. a treatment. Oh, yeah. I'm like, ladies, lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I The stories that Grace used to tell, she would call like, you know, she's 15 years old and she's like yeah. basically living in New York City. By herself, kind of. Yeah. And she would call up and be like, oh, my gosh. They would bring in these, like, mini cupcakes and be like, oh. who is Satan that's bringing in these sweets? Let's go have, After like, I a had, smoothie. Like, I was like, these are delicious. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. So, um, and you'll be living in the city. I will. Upper East Side. So do you think that when you graduate okay yeah so graduation plans we have a couple minutes here <laughs> and like you're in the studio you can't go anywhere so I what are your plans <laughs> like a question mom um well i think i have to get my master's i think somebody told me the other day and i can't think who it was i was chatting about you mm. yeah exactly <laughs> and they were saying that um maybe it was dana bailey hmm because we were talking about master's programs. And she oh. was saying that she thought that master's would be much more important than CPA. Well, you have would, to get your master's to get the CPA. Well, and that your master's, like, would be the thing that would get you to CEO, not necessarily the CPA. Yeah. So the tricky thing about the CPA is to take the CPA, you have to get 150 credit hours. Now, I would say I don't have to get the CPA, except that if I, knock on wood, fingers crossed, get a full-time offer at PwC, they typically require their junior associates to have their CPA within the first year or two or maybe of working there. So that requires then, like that's like backtracking from there. So that means I have to get the CPA, which means I have to get the master's because I need the like the 100 credit hours. That being said, my master's can be in anything. So oh, it doesn't so you have could, to be a master's like, it in could accounting. Be basket weaving. Correct. So I was thinking maybe of doing that abroad, and if the credits apply, I could simultaneously do CPA review courses, but then since I didn't get to go abroad for a semester, I could maybe just get a master's somewhere like, say, London or Paris, and then have those credits apply to my CPA, and I can sit with a CPA exam. Wow. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> uh, maybe. Well, because why I wouldn't have a double you, major. I'm, why wouldn't you put it out there? Right. So, yeah. So, I'm a, I'm a marketing and accounting double major. So, I, it's not like I would be getting something. I could do, like, marketing or marketing analytics or global marketing or fashion marketing or whatever. Right. I could do anything. And it just it just has to be something. And it'll apply. Wow. Way to work the system. Right? 
Yeah. See that? Uh, and the thing is, like, she does work hard. I do. She also sits around a lot. Well, I sit around a lot, but I, I think while I sit. Yes, you do. <laughs> the and wheels are turning. <laughs> they're not going anywhere, but they yeah. are turning. We're not making progress. but So typically at this point in the show, I invite my guests to share any social media that they maybe want to share. Do you want to share like your Venmo or something? Yeah, uh, Venmo, grace Heller 2 um, <laughs> really appreciate it. She'll buy you a fake Hermes scarf or something. Yeah, on the yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. I can get you a fan. One of those fun sparkly. I want ones. one made out of construction paper. Oh, she you can make you that. I could whip you that up now <laughs> with a chain strap. It is muscle memory. <laughs> <laughs> now you know she, you're, you're going to get that. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Um, you can also, if you want to see her page, Grace at the Front Door on Instagram is actually still like yes, alive. Please stalk me. Um, she just doesn't post to it anymore, and she's she's my daughter, and she's one of four, and yet she is the only one like her. Aw, thanks, mom. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> thanks for being on the show with me. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you, Eric. Thanks, Eric. It's thank you. Always a pleasure. And everybody, have a great week. Next week on the show, Jen O'Ryan. And yeah, we'll see what we talk about. <laughs> It'll be fun. But in Who the meantime, knows? stay connected, not close, and have a great week. Yeah. 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 Yeah.